Well, good morning. It is very, very good to be with you here this morning to unite as we make much of Jesus. And I want you to know that from the beginning. As we gather here today, it is for the purpose of making much of Jesus and, and drawing together in Him. Man, I'm excited to dive into His Word also. And for some of you, give you a reminder of why we praise Him. And for others of you, learn something brand new of why we're to praise Jesus. But before we even dive into the Word, let's, let's just do it again. Let's make much of Jesus and lift up His holy name. Let's praise the name of Jesus. Amen. This month, we're focused on uh, the fact that we have been blessed to be a blessing. It's our theme. It fits well with this Thanksgiving season. But it goes more than just the nationalistic, sometimes Thanksgiving uh, emotions that we have. And while those are fine, our blessings in Christ go well beyond what Thanksgiving is in about just of this world. And I'm excited to point you back to this truth of our, our spiritual blessings in Christ. They are connected all the way back to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 12. If you were here last week, you know that God brought to a man named Abram a message. Abram wasn't pursuing God, but, but God came to Abram. He says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And that blessing will go to all peoples. And that, that is, is come to us today. So we're connected to Abram's blessing thousands of years ago. And that happens through Christ. It's in him that we are, the word says, we're grafted in. It's like taking a tree and, and putting in a branch to that tree. But the roots are still in God's blessing from Genesis, grounded in Jesus. And in that, we are a part of God's family. We're his sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters to Christ. And now we're heirs. We inherit every spiritual blessing that God has. And we're going to unpack that a little bit today. And that's amazing. As just as far as the human's concerned, it's a little bit overwhelming. But we are blessed to be a blessing. And understand this. This is a, 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 diver, a diversion from what American church has become. We are not blessed to be comfortable. While our blessing sometimes creates comfortability, it per, uh, creates joy, it creates uh, moments of happiness, we are primarily blessed, not so we can feel good about ourselves and feel safe, we are blessed to bless someone else, amen? And in that we're, is where real jo joy flows. I pray that you're here today to grow in that blessing so you can bless someone else. Some of you here today very much know what it means to step out of your comfort zone to bless others. If I think of one group that really knows what it means to step out of their comfort zone as a whole, whole uh, group, it is veterans. As we celebrate uh, Veterans Day on Friday and Veterans Day weekend right now, I can't help but think that veterans understand what it means to step out of their comfort zone and to bless someone else and to serve someone else. So today, I want to slow down for a moment and celebrate and thank God for the men and women who served our country so well. If you were an active duty, a reserve, if, if you've served in the past or you're serving now, we want you to know we are thankful for your service to our country to protect the freedom we have because God doesn't give that without a responsibility. And it's our responsibility to be a blessing to the world, but it's got to be protected. So if you are a man and wo a woman of service, would you please stand? Here's what I want you to know. We are thankful for you, and we praise God and thank him for your service, for you uh, kind of living what Abraham uh, was taught from the beginning. You have been blessed. You've been put in a position to be a blessing. 
And great job doing that. Over the years, I've noticed that veterans more times than not understand this concept of blessing others. God is calling each of us, so if we belong to Jesus, whether we're a serviceman, a woman or not, to be a blessing, to serve. Today, I want to share with you this call for all of us who are in Christ whether we ever enlist or not, whether we uh, uh, have an occupation that is a great service mindset, we are all called to, to speak into and be in other people's lives to, to make their lives better, to point them to Jesus. In, in essence, uh, the bottom line is we're called to be so much of a blessing to them, they receive uh, uh, a praise and God is glorified in the end. So you may never enlist, you may never dedicate your life to be a doctor or a surgeon to help those that are sick. Maybe you are called to be a teacher to train the next generation. Whatever it is, maybe it's ministry, maybe it's teaching Sunday school, we are all called to use our gifts and abilities to bless others. And God's calling you today. And I would ask you to ask him, how am I supposed to bless someone else? We talked about this last week. If you weren't here, go back and watch this message on YouTube. It's this reality that uh, sometimes we don't know how to start. And last week I shared with you, just ask God how I'm supposed to bless someone. More times than not, he'll show you. But adjust that this week a little bit. Ask God how you can be a blessing to someone in need, someone else. Especially, I believe, on a day like today, those who don't have a family. Uh, God, God is serious about this. Uh, the Word of God says he's the father to the fatherless. Man, that, that touched my heart years ago, and it still does. The Word of God says if you want to know what true religion or, or worship, depending on the translation, looks like, it is to take care of orphans and widows. So God very much is a part of uh, being a blessing to others, especially those who don't feel like they fit in, who don't have a mom or dad, who don't have brothers or sisters. We, the church, one of the primary things when we look around and say, oh, what should we be doing? It should be taking care of the fatherless. A mom who's stuck in a rock in a hard place and needing encouragement during a, Christ, a crisis pregnancy situation. See, I, I consider the blessings that flow to others, and what floods my heart and my mind are the thousands of children in the United States and around the world who don't have a family, that need help. I think of the, the women and families who don't know what to do with the pregnancy and are scared. And they need to feel God's love and encouragement and support instead of, God's, instead of judgment that they think might come from God because God is wanting to provide life in that situation. And, and today is a Veterans Day weekend. Still, We're still celebrating that, but today is a very specific other national day. It is the National Orphan Sunday. I don't know how many of you have ever heard that before, but it's a, it has a big part in, in the Graber's life because we dedicated a great deal of our lives to foster care and adoption years ago. But today is set aside to draw awareness to support foster care and adoption. If you know much about our story, we started that journey years ago. And you might be wondering, how does that start? If, you, if I could go back in my life 10 years, I would ask another person in foster care adoption, how do you start with that? I mean, isn't it scary? Isn't it uh, something that seems uh, overwhelming? And for me, as Tyson, the answer is yes. For Tiffany, she had it the whole time. She was like, no, I'm focused on this. I've got this. It, it was scary. The first time Tiffany and I went to a foster uh, care workshop, um, I had been a father of four for a number of years, four boys. I had been a youth minister for even longer, and I went to this first adoption care class 
and learning about foster care and adoption, and I knew I was inadequate on my own. I knew I didn't know enough to enter into this, and after the first like two hours of the class, we took a little break, I came out of the same class Tiffany came out of, and I'm like, I don't got this, and Tiffany's exact word is, we've got this. So I listened to my wife, and I saw her passion and her focus, and I know she knew a lot more about it than I did, and she knew who she was married to, and she still was like, I, we've got this. And so I went back into that class, and we left that day from Champaign, Illinois, in the van, and I was still overwhelmed, but we began to talk. What was God leading us to do to bless a child that did not have a family? And we agreed to pray that prayer. God, what would you have us to do uh, to bless a child for your glory? And, and, and for Tiffany, it was, it was uh, focused on uh, foster care and potentially adoption. And we started walking that path. And I want you to know, before we got home in our garage in Hersher, God had given me a spirit of peace that we were going to take one step at a time as he provided. And he continued to lead us. While I still knew and understood that the process was well beyond me, God was working with us to bless someone else. And since that weekend, I can testify and give God glory. He uh, answered one prayer after the next, after the next. And now I believe, uh, based on all of these done to this point, I am more convinced than ever that foster care and adoption bring him glory, and it's his design for his people. But that's not the end of the story. I have a renewed vision that all kinds of people, including right here at Greenville First Christian Church, can be a part of the foster care and adoption uh, process for God for his glory, including many and most of you. You can all play different parts to bless countless children and families. And some of you are like, oh boy. I don't think I can listen to much more of this because I don't think this could ever... I, I'm, I'm, you're honestly a lot like I was. Even through that first class, you're like, I, I, I can't step into this. Well, but don't shut, shut your ears to this yet. Hear this. I am not suggesting that everyone here today should adopt or foster. That would be illogical. That would probably be irresponsible. But I'm calling each of you to ask God this question. How can I be a blessing to a child in need? And for some of you, it's adoption. You just don't know it yet. For some of you, it's foster care. For some of you, it's respite care. That means you go alongside a foster family and you maybe take the children for an afternoon or, or a weekend after some training and some clearance. Uh, there are families and kids that need you uh, the way you are. Some of you might just uh, agree to be on a, a team of prayer. Others of you might help Restore Network put on events. Others of you might feed a family or financially support a family. Guys, there's families in our midst right now that need support because they're growing in the foster care world. But how can you be a blessing to children in need? Because there is a need. I don't know how much you know about that need, but there's a big need. I could spend the remainder of my 73 minutes of this sermon telling you about the need. No, I wouldn't do that. And we don't have that much time together. But my point is, we could talk a long time. But here's some of the need real quick. There's over 400,000 kids in foster care in the United States. Over 100,000 of them are waiting to be adopted right now. They're, they've got clearance. It's the path. They need an adoption. But here's the sad part. 20,000 of them age out annually have never been placed in a home. Not even one. Can you imagine being in the foster care network but never ever being placed? It happens to 20,000 children every year in our United States of America. 
Just this past month in September, it's my most recent stats that Restore Network shared with us. By, that's, by the way, that's our partner. Restore shared with me that in the month of September, 12 kids needed foster care placement in Bond County. Seven of them were, not, were unable to be placed, and they had to go some other county to find a home. Guys, we are losing the battle here in Bond County and Greenville on having enough homes to place the foster care situation that we need. There is a great need. Or I could maybe share with you the ages and stories of kids that need placements because Restore Network knows them. I could give you names and faces of children from China and around the world who are waiting to be adopted. While all of that would tug at your heartstrings, I don't think that's really where we need to start. We need to start in God's Word today. I could share all that and there would be a sense of guilt, a sense I've got to do this, but I believe the best way to remind you is to tell you that you've been blessed to be a blessing from God's Word You have all been adopted if you're in Christ into God's family. And we're called to be compelled by that adoption and to be a blessing to others. When we're in Christ, we're going to see what that means today. We are compelled to be a blessing in so many different ways. To orphans, to foster kids, to moms in pregnancy, crisis. We we can do this well. Turn with me in your Bibles, though, to see a call for this. To Ephesians chapter 1. If you grab a Bible around you, it's on page 976. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's not talking about earthly adoption, but he's going to focus very much on a spiritual adoption into God's family. And I want you to see that if you're in Christ, if you're a believer of Christ, you've been brought in as a son or daughter. And that should compel us to be a blessing to others. What I find interesting about this passage in verses chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, this was one extremely long run-on sentence from the Apostle Paul. He is so fired up here, as I read this in a little bit, if you can imagine in your mind Paul writing this or speaking it, and he's so excited he never stops for a breath. He's just like, hey, these are all the things that God has blessed you in. You've been blessed in this, this, and this, and he never stops. This is a, an extremely run-on sentence that ends up being 12 sentences in the English translations. Paul's fired up here about our blessings in Christ. So let's look at what they are. Those of us that have been grafted into the family of Abraham, those of us who trust Jesus, here are the blessings, he says. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If you're a person that writes in your Bibles, every time you see in Christ or in him, underline that or highlight it. This passage is going to be full of this this understanding that we're in Christ. Look at verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. That's what he wants. He wants us to be his sons and daughters, to the praise and glory of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The beloved is Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses, which is sins, if you want to think of it that way, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, for which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things heaven and things on earth. Paul's still here. He's not even taking a breath. 
Paul says, hey, you're blessed in this way, in this way, in this way. Look at verse 11. In, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Paul is excited, and I pray this gets you excited. What Paul is saying, we are part of God's family because of what Christ has done. And in Christ, your sins are forgiven. In Christ, you have all the blessings that God has to offer. In Christ, you have the Holy Spirit to seal you until heaven comes. In Christ, you are blessed to be a blessing. Paul gets fired up. Paul's driving home this point. We have been adopted by God through Christ. And these blessings flow to all those who are in Christ. So here's the most important question of the day. It's not if you're going to foster care or adopt or if you're going to help restore network with their finances or pray for them. While those things matter, here's the first question that really matters. I don't want anyone leaving here without answering this question. Are you in Christ? I, I don't know. I hope so. You, you can know that. Are you in Christ? That, that's, that's the question. He says, in Christ, in Christ, you have all these. So my question for you is, are you in Christ? Notice I didn't ask where you live. It's not important your political affiliation, praise God. It doesn't matter if you went to Sunday school today or not, which it has value. The question isn't if you're a member of Greenville First Christian Church or where you live or how much money you have. The question is, for the blessings to flow, is are you in Christ? Do you trust Jesus for your salvation? Do you believe in him? Have you been made new in him by being united with him in his death? And in his resurrection. That happens in baptism, in immersion. Uh, the, the language of, of a baptism is we're united with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. And in that we have salvation through the forgiveness of sins because of the shedding of his blood. So let me ask you, are you in Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus? Because if you are in Christ, these things that we just read, these 12 blessings, are all available to you. Everyone. Man, doesn't that get you excited? Sometimes we're like, well, what, what benefits do I have coming to me as a senior citizen or as a citizen of the United States or as a, a member of uh, maybe Greenville University or of Greenville First Christian Church? We have some benefits, and, and oftentimes they're little bitty things, like I've got a dental plan or I've got this retirement. Here's the cool part. If you're in Christ, all of these things I read are for you. You're blessed in Him. You can be confident of that. All 12 of these blessings are revealed to us today in this long run-on sentence. But so this is not a run-on sermon. We're only going to cover one of these blessings. Okay? What about you, though, who aren't in Christ? Still getting a little bit more serious now. If you're able to answer, I am in Christ, praise God. But what if you're not in Christ? What if you don't believe? You're like, the, the way you would know you're not in Christ is you've never believed in him. You've never trusted You've never been united with him in water and his death and his resurrection. You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. So you're not in him. You know what the world would want you to believe as far as church and religion goes? You're still going to go to heaven. I love you enough. You've, you've spent time to be here enough. You deserve from the word to know this. Unless you're in Christ, unless you believe in him and have trusted him, you're not going to go to heaven. These spiritual blessings are not for you today. 
But I'm thankful you're here because today that can change. Amen? It it can change. Uh, As soon as you believe and put your trust in Jesus, he says, I want you. It's my will for you to be a part of the family. Aren't you ready to come home and be a part of the family? He says, I I want you in my adopted family. God's message is clear. But I have to be honest with you. You're not automatically in. Why? Because of sin. The reality is we were created in God's image. You are God's children in the sense you were created in His image. But when you sin, and we all sin, our relationship with God is is destroyed. It's broken. And Jesus had to redeem that. It says He did that by His blood, and He forgave our sins. And once you know that and you believe that, you can become a part of the family today. So I'm glad you're here. If you don't know that you're in, you can be in still today. Beginning right now as you believe that you trust that Jesus died for you. And he sacrificed his life on the cross and he came back to life and rose from the grave. The victor over your sin and my sin and the victor over death. And so once you are in him, guess what the Bible says? Every spiritual blessing is for you. Look at verse 3 again. Every spiritual blessing is for those who are in Christ. Everyone. It goes well beyond a benefit of an insurance policy or a membership to a church. Our blessings in Christ are complete. It's a big deal. Can you imagine how many benefits God has available to him? And they're all for you. Whatever benefit, whatever you think that God has control over, and he controls everything, all of those benefits are available to you every day of the year, all the time. But we've messed up the meaning of God's blessing, I think, over the years a little bit. We've minimized it. I mean, think about when we generally communicate about God blessing us. I mean, when do you generally hear, I want somebody's input to this, when do you generally most often hear, God bless you? When you sneeze. Isn't it unfortunate that we have limited the communication of God's blessing in the moment where someone sneezes and it's like, oh, I hope you don't get really sick and die. God bless you. God's blessings go beyond that, but but yet sometimes we limit the concept of God bless you, God bless you, to just a sneeze. Time out here for a little bit. Help me out with uh, my marriage relationship. What do you do, however, if you're married to a mass multiple sneezer? You might know what that means. You know, if you're anybody else in a relationship or have a friend that's a mass sneezer, that means for Tiffany. When she sneezes once, she's going to sneeze like 55 times, maybe more. And so it gets a little awkward. You know, the first two sneezes, you're like, God bless you. There comes a point where you're like, is that enough? You know, have I blessed you enough? Or doesn't the first blessing cover over the next 200? What's really awkward, I work uh, every fall, you know, with uh, Tiffany's dad on the farm. It's during like uh, allergy season. We've got the bean dust going around. Tiffany's dad is also a mass multiple sneezer. So I'll be in the truck with him or the, the semi or the combine, you know, when we're talking about what we're doing the rest of the day, and he starts sneezing. I'm like, what do I do? You know, how many times should I say, God bless you? Is it enough? What's interesting, on the flip side of that, we have went to the, uh, a society that doesn't say, God bless you at all. Because during the height of COVID, if we heard somebody even think about sneezing, we just left the room. You know, we're just, we're just like, you're on your own. I say that in joke, but, but we've went from a country that, that understood God's blessing a little bit, and then we minimized it, and then there was a time when if someone was sick, we just left them to be. 
But I ask this question again to, to, to bring up this theory, this point. Can we really communicate too much of God's blessing? No! We can never communicate, based on Ephesians chapter 1, we'll never be able to fully fathom or communicate the amount of blessings that God has for us who are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, if you believe in Him, if you've been saved by His grace, uh, by, by the washing of his, the water through the Word and by His blood, you are blessed in Him forever. So let me ask you this. We don't always do this here, but a little participation. Raise your hand if you're in Christ, if you've been saved by His grace. Now, it's probably not all of you, but it's most of you. Go ahead and put your hand down. If you raise your hand, here's the message that God has for you from his word. He goes, I blessed you. I've blessed you. I blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, every day of the year, every uh, moment of your day. I have blessed you. Isn't that good news? And he says, I want you to be a blessing to others. He goes, I've blessed you in every way possible. Well, what is one of them? We're going to unpack one of them today. Just one. Next week, we'll do the rest of them. See how this goes. I may only do two next week, but here's one. Here's the first thing that unpacks in this, in this passage. Here's the blessing. He says, you are chosen by me. He says, you in Christ were chosen by me. You're chosen by God. Look what it says in verse 4. He chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. He chose to adopt us before we were even born. That's exciting. For some, this type of language brings some hot debate, and we're not going to get into that. I don't know if you noticed, there's this P word here. It's a dirty word in a lot of religious circles, especially when you get preachers talking about it, predestination. We're not going to look at predestination, this fact that God chose us for the sake of debate. We're going to look at it for the sake of blessing today. Amen? So here's what it says. God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. We have received a blessing from God before we're even born because he says, I've got a plan to adopt them into my family before they even know it. That's amazing. Not, in fact, just before you're born, before you're even conceived. Not even before you're conceived. The Bible says before the world was created. So God chose to provide a way for you to be adopted before he even hung the moon. That's how much he loves you. He says, I, I've planned to adopt you. I understand this much better now that I've been through the adoption process. In a very small, proportional scale, I, as the father of my adopted daughter, get this. And I want to share it with you a little bit. Please understand this, this statement. The adoption process starts through the parent's planning, not the child's choice. It's just true. I know of no place where a child says, I'd like to be adopted. Let's see if we can work this out. No, what always happens is the parent says, I have a plan to adopt a child before the child even makes a choice. It's not their choice. Just a couple of years ago, as Tiffany and I got out of that class in Champaign and we started down the foster care journey, we, we brought a few children into our foster care home. And during that time, our faith and passion to have another child in our family forever grew. Was it always easy? I'm not going to play games. Uh, some of the times it was some of the hardest things I ever did as a father. We brought um, seniors in high school into our home for times, and they had been living on their own. Now they're living under our roof. It was uh, very much of a tension of, of, of just parenting and, and bringing up a child that, that doesn't know a family. 
But during that time, we were convinced that God wants to bring a child into our family forever. So in January of 2013, remember that date, January of 2013, we committed and began to make a plan to adopt a child forever, not just foster. And we worked a lot of details. Tiffany made a lot of plans. We chose to make it. Was it going to be domestic or foreign? Was it going to be a boy or a girl? And we worked a lot of different plans and we chose an agency. And the boys, our four boys, began to pray with us and plan also. Uh, One of the things it meant is all four boys were going to move into one bedroom so this little child could come into our home. That was a big plan, and they didn't say a word about that. We made plans, and we prepared. Then on May 5th, that same year, five months later, we began to pursue an international adoption from China through the Madison Agency on the East Coast to adopt a little girl. Tiffany made that part of the plan clear early on. We're going to adopt a girl. In the process, they told us it would take two to three years. But with the help of Madison Agency, uh, Tiffany's planning and her persistent work, and most, most awesomely, God's blessing, a little, just a little over a year later, on May 21st, 2014, we brought daily home to Hersher forever. And I praise God for that. Let's give God glory for that. I always love this picture. I haven't looked at it for a couple years. You know, we're all there and we're like posing for the picture. Daly is like not even two years old and she's like, look, it's my family. <laughs> you, you, she kind of knew already. She didn't know the language. She knew she was the center of attention somehow. What a great blessing. But I want you to focus on the dates for a moment. Now, I tell you that story to celebrate God's work in our family and the blessings he brought us. But even more than that, connect it to the truth of this text. Daily was being planned for before she was even born, if you remember the story. Early in January 13, before she was born, we committed to adopt a girl from China through the Madison Agency. She didn't make it into the agency for a couple months. We don't even really know where she was the first few months of her life. And for a time, she did not have a family. We know that. For a time, her future was unknown by the orphan workers And for a time, while uh, she was beginning her life, she had no idea the way the Grabers prayed for her, planned for her, and desiring to bring her home, and we had loved her already. So when we finally met her, and we got to hold her and see her, she had no idea the plans that were made. Yet we had loved her for a long time. We We had been planning. In much the same way and more, that's what God says he's done for you. He says, not even before you're born, before creation, he says, I had a plan to adopt you. And he worked the plan through Jesus. He sent his one and only son to this earth uh, to die on the cross, bearing my sin and yours so that we could be adopted as his family as perfect sons and daughters of him. Not because we're perfect, but because he sees us as perfect. That is how valuable you are. That's a big deal. I pray daily, always knows how valuable she is. We live in a world where everyone is divided at times. We live in a world where everyone sometimes wonder their place. I pray that daily never forgets the value we placed on her because we chose her before she was born. Same is true of you with God. He chose you before you were born to be adopted into his family. Have you accepted that, that choice? Have you accepted that opportunity? That's how valuable you are. That's how you can rest in that. How do you start that, though? Look back to the text of verse 13. I don't have it on there. It came to me this morning. Look what it says. 
In Christ, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the story, the gospel, what Jesus did for you, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you believe the gospel, the Holy Spirit begins to work in you. And that's how it starts. My question is for you today, if you're not in Christ, do you believe? The Holy Spirit wants to lead you to be a part of the family. Do you believe? Because once you believe, you will be blessed. And in that, here's the transition. Here's where the rubber hits the road. If you're in Christ, you have been made to be a blessing. And I know of no greater value, and you could, we could debate this later, I know of nothing greater in value to show God's love for us the way we show God's love for someone else who doesn't have a family in foster care and adoption. So once you believe, you're called to be a blessing. And boy, there's a need. Remember the need in Bond County? Uh, there were 12 uh, children in the month of September that needed a home, and Bond County people only stepped up to provide five of them. Seven uh, children in Bond County were dispersed to other counties in, in Illinois. Can you imagine how scary that would be uh, to be a child in Bond County and then be like, you can't go to school anymore. You got it because honestly, there's not a position, there's not a place for you. How sad is it that there's not a place for children in Bond County to stay in Bond County because many of us said, man, I can't do that. I'm not blessed enough to adopt. I'm not blessed enough to foster. But so many of us are. What does it look like to do that? What does it look like to change our culture of our county? Looks a lot like this. Watch this video. There are 30,000 children that are in the foster care system today in the state of Texas. There are half a million children that are in the U.S. that's in the foster care system. And I said, who would stand with me today for these kids? That day, Nedra Wade, she stood and raised her hand and she said, Pastor, I will. And then another person stood and said, I will. And another stood and said, I will. And another stood and said, I will. Well, after the process started in our church and family after family, within three months, 39 children were placed in families in our church. Jesus, Jesus. What if there was more families waiting for children than children waiting for families? So we called Child Protective Services. And they said, if that happens in any county, that will be the first ever. What an amazing vision. To have more families, more parents that are saying, I, I can accept a, a foster child into my home, then foster kids are, are, are out there. That happened in Brown County, Texas. And it was started by a church smaller than this with, with probably less resources and less people. Can't we have that same uh, vision become realized here in Greenville and Bond County and, and surrounding? You may be saying, well, Tyson, I've raised my grandkids and, and, and my great-grandkids. You can be a part of this. You may say, well, I'm a college student. I'm going to be gone and moving on. You can be a part of the Restore Network. But you may be a lot like Tiffany and I and say, where do I start? 
This is, this is somewhere that, that I uh, don't even know how, how to get started. Well, here's how you get started is realizing we're doing this for God's glory. Sure, it's for the kids' safety, but the Word of God here says three different times in this text that when adoption happens, I think spiritually or physically, it is for God's glory. It says, praise be to the glory of God. But how do I get started practically? It might be through prayer. It might be through feeding a family that already has foster kids. It might be through respite care, which means you're basically going to do some babysitting as you get approved through the, the system and the state. It, it may mean the fact that you foster kids yourself. It may mean the fact that you're looking to adopt. But here's the thing where, where I want you to do, every one of you, is pray this prayer today. God, how do you want me to bless children in need for your glory? God, how do you want my family to bless children in need for your glory? Because I've been blessed. We've been blessed. How can we be a blessing? Maybe it's financially. Maybe it's support. Maybe it's being that mom or dad. But I challenge you to pray that prayer. How can we be a blessing to children for God's glory? And there's probably some dad out there right now saying, Honey, don't pray that prayer. Don't you dare pray that prayer. God's not going to take you where you can't handle it. He's going to take you to the point where you can be a blessing so much. And you know what he's going to do more? He, when you bless someone in this way, you know what happens? He blesses you more than you ever imagined. And it's easy? No. But what if we could be a county where there was no need for more foster parents for a time, just even a one month? Because there were so many. Whether you're a college student or a great-grandmother, there's a place for you to serve and help with this because you've been blessed. Get in contact with the Restore Network, a network of foster care right here in Bond County. It just so happens that God has provided next Sunday, November 20th, for teenagers all the way to retirees to go to a fostering care class. Just to know more about what Restore does and how fostering starts. November 20th, next Sunday at 5 p.m., you can go to one of these classes here. It's very similar to that first class that Tiffany and I went to, and I came out and was like, I can't do this. And Tiffany said, I got this. I don't know where you'll fall in, but I challenge you to pray about it and go to that class. I have a sign-up sheet for that class right up here, and I'll be there with you. I haven't been to class for a long time. I'm sure I can still learn more. So next Sunday, join me at 5 p.m. over here in the Education Wing with Restore Network. Come to talk, come to learn, and pray. God, what do you want me to do to help a child in need? If you need to talk to somebody who's experienced it, there's many people in our church family that would do that. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Call the office. We have been blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you that you've adopted us in Christ. You've blessed us by the forgiveness of sin. You blessed us by the gift of the Holy Spirit. You blessed us with uh, adoption in your family as your children. Help us to be a blessing to those who don't have a family. And those physical blessings turn into spiritual blessings that are eternal. Father, convict someone here today through your spirit to take a step forward to help financially or through prayer or maybe it's through adoption or foster care. Father, we put this in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be here today and you're like, oh, there's one main problem. I'm not in Christ. That is bigger than if you're going to adopt or not adopt. So during this song, Dee and I would love to talk to you. Or maybe someone that you know is in Christ would have talked. If their hand went up and yours didn't, you'd be like, 
how do I take the step to be in Christ? You know what it starts with? Believing and trusting in Jesus. And we'd love to walk with you more and more. Let's sing. Would you stand with us?